It's Monday, and that means it's time to bring out some of the best and most memorable movies of all time, done up especially for radio on Monday Matinee. And now, here's your host, Dennis Daly. Thank you, Tom Gager, and let's get to it right away. Betty Davis at her best in Jezebel, a year before Gone with the Wind came out. And then Victor McLaughlin is the informer. like the end of our world. As General Bogardus and I stood in the street of New Orleans that dawn of 1861, listening to the depressing sound of the cannon as it was fired to dispel the fever which hung like a plague over the city. It seemed like the end of Julie's world, too, as we watched her slowly walk beside poor Preston Dillard, as they carried him to the island of the dead. Oh, come, my dear, you, you can't stay in this street. Oh, dawn is breaking. The morning chill is penetrating. And in these dangerous days, Miss Bell, what are you thinking? I'm thinking of a woman called Jezebel, who did evil in the sight of God. And yet I wonder, I wonder... You're out of your mind. You know you can't wear a red dress at an Olympus ball. Can't I? This is 1850, Dumpton. 1850, not the Dark Ages. Girls don't have to simp around in white just because they're not married. You'd insult every woman on the floor. You can't be serious. Never more serious in my life. But think of Preston. That's just what I am thinking of. Mr. Preston Dillon, who thinks that he can let his own affairs come before me, his future wife. <laughs> started it, Miss Bell. That damnable red dress. But that wasn't Julie's fault. No, if Preston Dillard had only taken my advice the night he came to call. I remember. You said... Your generation doesn't understand women, sir. Why, maybe not, General Bogardus. Nowadays, no proper respect for our southern womanhood. Think your father would have allowed the lady of his choice to have come surging to his place of business this morning? Miss Julie didn't know I was presiding at a meeting, sir. Of course not, Preston. But even if the lady upstairs is my ward, I feel you should know what your father would have done. What would father have done, sir? Your father, sir, would have cut him a hickory, sir. He would have flailed the living daylights out of her and then helped her put lard on the wealth and brought her a diamond brooch. That's what he would have done, sir. And she'd have loved it. Where is Miss Julie? Why, she asked me to please excuse her, Press. Is she ill? Why, no, Press. She's as sound as a nut. You will pardon me a moment, please. Take all the time you need, my boy. I do believe Mr. Dillard is going up the stairs after Julie. He's taking his walking cane at. Julie! It's Press. Open the door. I want to talk to you. Julie, why don't you answer? Look here, Julie. You and I got to straighten things out. Oh, there's no sense to all this. I'm here because I love you. And because you love me. But there are some things we've got to set straight. Darling, if you just open the door, I'm sure I could. Julie! Open up at once! Who is it? Open this door! Why, Fred, 
banging at a lady's bedroom door. I'm scandalized at you. Well, did you come here just to stand there? I see you've brought a stick. I'm waiting. When does the chastisement begin? I came up here to... Oh, Julie, how long must we go on like this? Like what, Chris? Fussing like a couple of children. Why do you treat me like a child, then? Oh, Julie, I love you. Spoiled child or not. Press, in a lady's bedroom. Now you'll have to marry me. Oh, <laughs> oh look at me, darling. When I come in, I was going to beat you. Really? Now would you like to see my new dress? That's what I wanted to do all day. Well, let me go, then. There it is. For the Olympus Ball? Yes, isn't it lovely? But you can't wear red to the Olympus Ball. Why not? Well, you never saw an unmarried girl in anything but white. You know that. It's the custom. It has certain significance. Are you afraid I'll be taken for one of those girls from Galatan Street? Julie. Oh, of course, I'm sorry. I'm not supposed to know about things like Galatan Street. I'm just supposed to simp around in white. So that's it. You're nursing your spite. Well, I'm not going to let you. For once, you're going to do as I say. Julie, I'm calling for you tomorrow night at 10, and you're going to be properly dressed for the ball in white. Good night. Oh, Preston, you forgot your stick. She must have been getting scared over wearing that dress after what Press said to her. Yes, but her pride... Confound her fiendish pride. You know that she tried to get Buck Cantrell to take her to the ball without telling Press? Yes, I knew later. Poor drinking, dueling, easygoing Buck Cantrell. He loved her, too. Uh, thank heaven he refused her. He was a gentleman and an honorable man. <laughs> She'd be ready on time. Julie, we're ready to go. Julie, you promised me not to. So you wore it after all. Isn't it obvious? Shall we go, Fred? Not until you're properly dressed. Oh, why must everyone be so proper? Why don't you admit, Mr. Diller, that you're afraid? Afraid someone will insult me and you'll find it necessary to defend me. Julie. You're wrapped, Miss Marsden. May I? You ready, Aunt Belle? The press... She can. She can. She will. We are ready, sir. Miss Bell, my arm. And yours, Mr. Della. <laughs> Thank you. My, my dear Miss Bell, have you noticed Preston's face? his father than ever tonight. And I never saw Tom Dillard look like that without somebody got killed. Theophilus, I'm just plain scared for her. <laughs> May I take your wrap, my dear? It's uh, Well, the ballroom seems a little cool. I think we'll find it much warmer inside. Come. <laughs> Gentlemen. You all have the pleasure of Miss Marsden's acquaintance, I think. Gentlemen. Good evening, Miss Marsden. <clears throat> Yonder comes my partner. You'll excuse me. Of course, sir. You haven't a partner you have to meet, Cantrell? Why, no. Came alone. A pleasant evening, isn't it? Mighty pleasant. Nice and cool. Do you find it cool in here? 
I don't find it particularly cool, you, Julie? Why, no. I don't find it particularly cool. Miss Julie doesn't find it so. Perhaps it's something in the atmosphere that's peculiar to you. Why, no, I reckon not. Now you speak of it, it's just about right. It seems so to me. Chris, please take me out of here. Well, my dear, we haven't danced yet, shall we? No. Oh, yes, we will. Everyone is leaving the floor. No respectable girl will dance while she's dancing. That dress is an insult. Take me off this instant. Press, I beg you, take me away from here. I can't endure it. No, we came to dance. We should go on. Dance. We're alone on the floor. So much the better. Oh, press, let go of me. If you don't, let go of it's me. It's a beautiful ball. Don't you think so, Miss Oh, Martin? take me away from here. Take me away. Good night, Ambell. General Bogardi, sir. You're not coming in, Pris? No, ma'am. Good night. Night. Well. Goodbye, Julie. Is that all you've got to say to me? There's nothing more to say. Even if I was wrong? You couldn't be wrong. You're Julie Marsden. Am I to go down on my knees? It'd be interesting, but utterly useless. Evidently, you've made up your mind. No, Julie, you've made up my mind. Well, then, goodbye, Press. Goodbye, Julie. Julie, don't let him go. Go after him. Me? After him? Yes, Julie, quickly. Oh, Julie, you're such a fool. Not so big a fool. He'll come back. Not this time, he won't. Believe me. Wait and see. He'll come back. Yet tonight, I think, if he does say I've retired and tell him I'm sleeping late in the morning, not to come round till tomorrow afternoon. Julie, tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Academy Award winner Betty Davis returns with more of Jezebel. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Now more of Jezebel. Dawn brought heavy mists, the persistent melancholy of the booming fever cannon, the chill which sank deep into our souls. She lost him. She lost President Dillard through her own downright cussedness in flaunting herself in that red dress at the Olympus Ball. Theophilus, you must understand. She didn't know about press. After all, he was away for over a year. All during that time, she hardly went out of the house save to ride that wild thoroughbred of hers. Yes. The quiet and moody. 
She wouldn't even have tried to escape the plague here in the city if she hadn't heard the press was coming back. If you could have heard what she told me. He had to come to me, Annabelle. He couldn't help himself. You see, he wouldn't have had to fight as hard as I have to keep from going to him. We'll be married. I'm going to beg his forgiveness. I was vicious and mean and selfish enough. I'm going to tell him I hated myself for being like that. I'll humble myself before him. All that ever stood between us will be gone when he takes me in his arms. There, there, child. Perhaps we'd, we'd better go to the plantation now that press is coming. Of course, Annabelle is the place for our meeting. We'd better start packing. We'll give a party, a party to celebrate. <laughs> They came, all of them, the old, old friends. Buck Cantrell, Ted Dillard Press's brother, Dr. Livingston. Everyone came to house him. And Julie was walking on the clouds and dressed herself in a white dress that she was to have worn to the ball with Press. And Press. He came, and when the carriage... When the carriage stopped, my heart stopped too. For Julie... Aunt Belle. Oh, it's wonderful to be back at Halcyon. I would have come even if I weren't invited. My dear, dear Preston. Aunt Belle, I have a surprise. This is Amy, my wife. His wife. Preston married. I tried to get away to warn Julie, but I had to stay with our guests, and while I was upstairs, she found him as he was in the library of Halcyon. Remembering the time you wanted me to wear white. Are you? Well, until now, I never have. Cat got your tongue, Press. Julie. Oh, Press, what fools we were. Please, that's over, Julie. Yes, of course. Press, I can't believe it's you here. I've dreamed it so long. A lifetime. No. Longer than that. What, Julie? Oh, no, don't say it yet. I put on this white dress for you to help me tell you how humbly I ask you to forgive me. See, Press, I'm kneeling to you. Julie, don't. I want to, Press. I must make you forgive me and love me as I love you. Julie. Get up, please. I've been looking for you, Press. Julie, this is Amy. My wife. Julie, Julie, where are you? Here, Aunt Bella. I was just about to congratulate Press on his marriage. I'm very happy, Mrs. Dillard, to welcome you to Halcyon. I'm so sorry. Oh, for heaven's sake, don't be gentle with me now. Do you think I want to be wept over? I've got to think to plan. Julie, you can't fight marriage. Married to that, that little washed-out Yankee. Press is mine. He's always been mine, and I'm going to have him. Press, 
Why did you do it? We'd better join the others. Why? Because... Because I love her. No, you're not such a fool. Not after you had my love. How much do you remember? Everything you ever said or did. But it's past now. It's finished. I ought to have come to you. I wanted to so terribly. So much that I couldn't. And you felt that way too. That's what brought you back, Press. You had to come back to the country you know so well. Press, listen. The night noises. The moon through the cypresses. Can you taste the night on your tongue? It's part of you, Press. The mockingbirds and the magnolias. The blue haze on a spring morning when the air is so soft it presses you like a kiss. It's the river rolling forever. The country you were born to. Julie, please don't do this. It's part of you, Press, just as I'm part of you and we'll never let you go. Press, put your arms around me. Oh, Julie. This is your country, Press. Amy couldn't understand it. She thinks there'd be snakes. Yes. And she'd be right. You talk about belonging. Amy's put her life and happiness in my hands. And they're going to be safe there. I think we'd better go in now. she failed, she did the unforgivable thing. She, she set herself willfully to cause trouble. Yes, dear. She seemed possessed that night. I hear Press had to go into the city. Yes, they sent for him. I hope he'll be all right. I had grave reports of conditions there. The plague is sweeping on despite all effort to check it. Yeah, they posted the governor's militia cigar through the parish. No one will be permitted to leave the city or to enter it now. Oh, I'm so worried about Press. I pity he had to leave now. But I suppose his bank comes first. Oh, Press is devoted to the bank. Rather unfortunately so. You don't find that admirable, Miss Marston? Well, it just seems to me that there are other things more interesting. <laughs> I imagine Buck finds it so, too. That's right, Miss Julie. I never go into a bank if I can help it. Why, Buck? Because it seems to me they're mostly always studying how they can get away something from somebody. Oh, I'm sure Buck doesn't mean that the way it sounds. I'm sure Mr. Cantrell is capable of defending his own insinuations. Why, Mistress Dillard, I didn't mean to offend. I was just talking. Of course. Amy, he doesn't realize what he's saying. Doesn't even realize how Julie is using him. Why, Buck, am I using you? I'd be right happy if you'd explain that remark, sir. I'll explain it. You're fool enough to defend what you don't even understand. That Julie's been egging you on. First against Press, and now against his wife. Well, that's pretty talk, isn't it, Buck? Yes, Miss Julie. That's very impolite talk, very. Let's put it this way, Mr. Cantrell. All evening I thought you coarse and not a gentleman. Why, you insolent... At your service, sir. Dad, you... You can't do this. I'm afraid, Miss Dillard, you don't understand our southern customs. <laughs> Gentlemen, will you please take your places? Remember, gentlemen, you turn and fire at the count of ten. Are you ready? Ready. Ready. Very well. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 
Come on, Amy, we're getting out of here. We're all going. How do you propose to get through the guards? And there's yellow fever in the city. Surely my hospitality is better than the plague. We'll get through. Good night, ma'am. I shall never speak to her again, even though she returned one day from the dead. When she heard that he was stricken, she had to come to him, don't you understand? She went through the swamp, past the guards, risked her life to get to him. His wife was at his side. She belonged there. Julie belonged there, too. Amy understands that now. She stole him away from Amy as he lay dying. The office. You must not judge. Believe me, Mrs. Dillard, it's unthinkable that you go with him there. Armed guards are coming to take him to the leper island. It's the law. All who catch the fever must go. When they come for him, I'm going with him. No, you can't go, Amy. It is your right to go. You're his wife, but are you fit to go? Loving him isn't enough. If you gave him all your strength, would it be enough? I'll make him live. I'll die with him. Amy, do you know the Creole word for fever powder, for food, for water? Can you talk to a sullen, overworked black boy and make him fear you and help you? Press his life and yours will hang on words you can't say and you'll both surely die. I must go with him. Listen, Amy, they're coming. Coming for him. Oh, Amy, it isn't a question of proving your love by laying down your life for press. Nothing so easy. Have you the knowledge and the strength to fight for his life and your own? Amy, it's no longer you or I. What do you mean? I'll make him live. I will. You see, I know how to fight better than you. I'll fight to the death itself. We'll be back with the closing minutes of Jezebel after this. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Now the closing minutes of Jezebel, and then Victor McLaughlin is the informer. Back to the movie. Where is he? Upstairs. Amy, you're the bravest woman I ever saw. I believe you even have the courage to save him by giving me the right to go in your place. Oh, you're not afraid to die, I know that. I boldly ask a greater sacrifice and press his name, his life. You love him even more than I believe within your power. Oh, let me prove myself worthy of the love I bear him. Julie, tell me. Something which only you can tell me. Does Press still love you? He himself might know. But you would. Tell me. Amy, what does it matter who Press loves? It's his life that matters. Tell me. We both know Press loves his wife. Whom else could Press love? Not me, surely. I've done so much against him. Had there been any love in his heart for me, I'd have taken him away from you. I tried and failed. Because he loves only you. I'm grateful for you telling me. In your own way. What I had to know. 
Take care of him, Julie. I believe you've earned whatever right is mine. God protect you and pray. Go with him, Amy. Thank you. Pray. get started. We've got to get him to the island. Press. Press, I'm here. I'll always be here, Press. Press, darling. I'm here. Come, Miss Bell. They've gone. And there's no turning back. Come, you cannot stay here in the street. Miss Bell, what are you thinking? I'm thinking of a woman called Jezebel, who did evil in the sight of God. second movie in today's double feature is also about love and loyalty, but of a different kind. Academy Award winner Victor McLaughlin returns as the informer. This is a story of Ireland. It is the story of a traitor. History, the revolution of the 13 colonies against the crown, was jeopardized by the infamy of one man. Now, our name for this traitor was Benedict Arnold. In the dark, bloody history of Ireland's revolt for freedom, there were many Benedict Arnolds, many a man who took the king's shilling. One of these we tell of today. The scene of his crime is Dublin, and the time, a tense week of rebellion in Ireland's not so distant past. The underground Republican army fought for its life against the occupation police known as the Black and Tans. This is the story of the informer. In a fog, clinging and wet from the sea, making golden ports of call of shop windows in the gloom. King brute of a man walks warily down an ancient Dublin street, past strollers, past soldiers, past idlers, past the singer and his tear-bringing song, past the leaded panes of Dublin shops, past... No, to pause suddenly, riveted before a poster on a brick wall. Twenty pounds, twenty pounds reward... Wanted for murder. Frankie McPhillip. They want him. Why, the dirty 20 pounds for Frankie. Fred. He tears down the poster, but the words tear at his brain. 20 pounds for murder, my friend. Frankie McPhillip, God save him. 20 pounds from the crown. Why, the dirty... Down Dublin's ancient street in the fog strolls the towering darkness of a man. And after him, dogging his heels relentlessly, blown by the wind, follows the torn, tattered scrap of paper that was a poster on a brick wall. 
wraps itself around its ankles. She stops near the window of a travel agency and speaks to a girl who has walked out of the gloom. Jippo! Ah, Jippo, I can tell by the look of you. It's no use. I'm hungry and I can't pay my room rent. And you staring into that window reading about things other people can enjoy. Ten pounds to America. Information within. Ten pounds to America. Twenty pounds and the world is ours. Uh, what are you saying that for? Saying what for? Twenty pounds? What are you driving at? Ah, uh, Jippo, what's the matter with you? Twenty pounds. Might as well be a million. Go on, go on with you. Get your twenty pounds from the gutter. Thank Jippo. Too good for me, eh? Well, let me tell you something. You're no better than any other man. You're all alike. Oh, Katie. I, I, I didn't mean that. Oh, go along with you and your fine principles. I can't afford it. Katie. And back into the gloom fades the bedraggled, hungry woman. And slowly, carefully from behind Jippo, into the little island of light, comes the face on the poster. Jippo. Jippo, man. I'm lucky to be finding you here. Man. What is it? What are you staring at? Uh, nothing, Frankie. But you came up to me so sudden like... I guess I'm getting jumpy. I don't know if there's a price on my head. Twenty pounds? Six months is a long time, my boy, to be on the run. So I says to myself, I'll sneak into town and see my mother and I'll duck right out again and here I am. Did you deliver my message? And what did my mother say? Oh, she blessed the saints you were alive. She followed me out crying and put a half a quid in my hand to give you. Well... I was that hungry myself that I spent it. Ah, you big lubber. That was her way of giving it to you. She likes you, Jippo. Lord knows why. What's come over you? What are you gawking at? Is there something queer about me? No, Frankie, you see, I've been caught martial. Man, what for? Uh, you remember the turn that killed Queen Karen? We drew lots for it, and I got the short match. I couldn't kill him, Frankie. He swore he'd desert if I let him go. And you believed him. What did Commandant Gallagher say? Oh, he near plugged me when I went back to report. Now, the British think I'm with the Irish, and the Irish think I'm with the British. And the, the, the long and short of it is, I'm walking around starving without a dog to lick me trousers. Never you mind me, bucko. We'll be together again. Wait and see, like the old days. It's your help I'm needing now. I've looked you up first thing to find out if the Tans are still watching my mother's house. Is there a guard? Not since Christmas. Good. I'm off. If I get a chance, I'll see Gallagher and I'll put a word in for you. Up the rebels, my boy. Up the rebels! Ten pounds to America. Oh, that's fine whiskey. Nothing like the king's whiskey, Dan. Danny, there isn't anything I wouldn't do for you. Anything. Ah, uh, it's nice to be friendly, Gallagher. I go through fire and water for you. Who informed on Frankie McPhillips? Uh, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I'll tell you, Danny. Uh, it was that rat Mulligan. Mulligan? Mulligan, the tailor. Yes, it was the grudge. <laughs> yes, uh, he had a grudge against Frankie. It was a... Oh, it's a long, long story. <laughs> There's another little drink in the bottom of the bottle. Take it. He's already killed two or four bottles, Dan. Come on now, Jippo. What grudge are you talking about? The grudge? Oh, the grudge. 
Yeah, the, the sister, Mulligan's sister and Frankie, you know. So Mulligan got sore and he informed on him. I see. Yeah, I saw him going to the time quarters tonight. What time? Time? Oh, it was uh, uh, half past six. Well, <laughs> are you taking me back, Danny, me boy? If your statement checks, you'll get back. There'll be a court of inquiry tonight at half past one at the ammunition dump. Oh, Bartley, take him up. Uh, all right, Bartley, me boy. You'll find me at Katie Madden's. All right, show him out, boys. <laughs> to see you. Oh, Mary, I love you. I love you, Dan. Oh, when is this trouble going to end? Just killing and more killing. It's hard on you women, I know. You're braver than we are. But it's Ireland, Mary. Dan, why did you come? Mary, we have to find the informer that gave Frankie away. Tell me. Did Frankie think he was followed when he came home tonight? Nobody saw him. Only his friend, Jip O'Nolan. He said he had to see him first to find out whether or not there was a guard in our house. Where did he see him? At... Well, let me see. In the street before the travel agency. I see. Did he mention a man named Mulligan? No, I'm sure not. Commandant, there's a patrol of tans in the neighborhood. Thanks. Goodbye, Mary. Oh, there's a court of inquiry at one o'clock. I'll be back for you. Slip out the back way and meet me. I will, Dad. Take care of yourself. Victor McLaughlin returns in the final act of The Informer after a break. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Now the final minutes of The Informer. Sweet Jibbo, you have a lovely voice, a sweet voice. Shh, listen, even the birds are still. Where are you taking me to, you little scut? I may have to get into Katie's yet. Ah, now there you go, there you go, talking about Katie and we having a fine little jamboree. Now don't worry about your little Judy. She'll be always on the streets, never fear. Yeah, what did you do? Hey, let me go, let go, you big stiff. You're drunk and be dazzled, that's what you are. You're as drunk as a fiddler's dog. Take your hands off me. Oh, you think you're a king, do you? Well, you're a big lump of beef, that's all you are. You're drunk, and your last penny is spent, and I've no further use for you, Mr. Jiffo Nolan. Ipso facto. Broke me, you little scut. I got a roll of bills, one right here, see? Oh, beat the holy. Where did you get it, Jiffo? There's enough there to choke a horse. And me joking about it a few minutes ago. Ah, Jiffo, me boy, you're a king. And a descendant of kings. And I'd fight for you and die for you if the time came. Here's me hand on it, Jiffo. The hand of a man that's loyal and true. Come in, you little scut. I'm going to find Katie. (laughs) 
you want? Where's Katie? What do you suppose he wants, Earl Harridan? He wants a drink. You'll get no drink here, you social climber. Why don't you go back to the gutter where you belong? Now, don't be talking to Jippo like that. And don't be looking down your nose either, you old squint. Oh! I suppose you think we have no money. Sure, Jippo. <laughs> oh, good boy. Holy Moses! Glasses for everybody! <laughs> from all this. Uh, and then where's your home? Near London. And uh, how much will it cost to get there? Oh, just... Here, here, here. take it all. Chippo! Chippo! Ah, shut up with you. And let's have a drink. Drink for everybody! <laughs> Seven and four is eleven. Eleven pounds. Come on, it's almost time. We've got to get him to the inquiry. Now, gentlemen, I want you to drink to the healthy King Jippo. As brave as a lion and as strong as a bull. I go through fire and water for him, and he do ditto for me. You've all seen the wonder of your generation tonight. Money scattered like snuff at a wing. Get up! And who, may I ask, has the impertinence to tell me and Jippo to shut up? Come on, Jippo. Commandant Gallagher is waiting. Time for the inquiry. Attention! As you were, Peter Mulligan. Do you recognize the authority of this court? I... I do. Heaven knows I do. You have a sister? Yes. But she is married and lives in America. I... He's lying! Lying! Just a minute, Jippo. You'll have your turn. It's not for me to condemn you, Jippo. Maybe you're not responsible. Why, bless you, what do you mean? What are you driving at? Sit down! The rest of your testimony has been proven correct, Mulligan. Now, do you bear any man a grudge? I, I bear no one a grudge. On me, oh. No grievance against Frankie McPhillip? The Lord have mercy on his soul. What for? Where were you at half past six tonight? Why, I was walking to my home, and I passed Kerrigan going the other way. Kerrigan, did you meet Mulligan at half past six tonight? Oh, you did, sir? That's all. You'll be taken home, Mulligan, in the car that brought you. I'm sorry this had to happen. Show him out, Kerrigan. Wait a minute. Sit down. Mary, will you stand, please? Thank you. Will you repeat what Frankie told you when he came home tonight? He said he met Jippo in the street. That he had to make sure there was no guard at our home. Is that true, Jippo? If not, why did you shout at the wake that you'd want him to stay away from the house? Why did you lie about Mulligan? Were you drunk well, or what? Well, I... Uh, I take it a little drop. Maybe two. And what did you do after leaving Frankie? Well, suppose I don't tell you. And what are you going to do? Suit yourself. Well, I... I... I, I I'm all mixed up. Where did you get all the money you spent? 
I, I can't make nothing out, Danny. I tell you, I, I'm drunk. I'm drunk. He spent two pounds in the fish and chips. He broke a pound in Ryan's. Give a blind man a pound. Two pounds went for drinks. Five pounds to some woman. Four pounds to another woman called Aunt Betty. And you sent five pounds to Katie Madden. And that makes just 20 pounds. Ah, uh, me, me head is sore, Dan. I, I'm drunk, I tell you. Where did you get the 20 pounds? Now uh, tell us. I can't remember nothing. Who was the informer? I, I, I... Well, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing, Lord, Danny. Lord, have mercy on your soul. Take him away. Dan! He got away! With this fog? Come on, lads, he mustn't get away. Dan, what if you don't find him? I'd die if I lost you, too. I'm not thinking about myself. It's all the others. The movement. It's Ireland. That poor soul knows so blasted much. Well, there's only something we can do. It's this horrible way. Commandant, she wants to see you. Insists on seeing you. Who? Who? She won't talk to a soul of us. I'm Katie Madden. I'm Jiffo Nolan's girl. Shut the door. I've come to beg of young Minnie. He didn't know what he was doing. Oh, you can't hurt him if you know how it was. I shaming him for his poverty and blaming him for mine and putting the idea into his head. Leave him go, Commandant. I can't, Katie. You know what he did. There's a dead boy lying down the street. You're asking something that's not within me power. He'll never harm you again. Do you think the Tans will let him alone now? They'll drag everything he knows out of him. His own fear will drive him to them and make him a weapon to destroy us all. All I ask is mercy. I'll take him away, please. Where is Jippo now? He's in my room on the other side of the church. Come on, Bartley. Tell the others. (laughs) Wouldn't you be giving him a chance? One chance! I'm sorry, Katie. I can't. is inhuman. How can he walk with all those bullets in him? He won't get away. He's going into the church. We've got it surrounded now. Oh. Oh. Lord have mercy. Chippo. Twas I that informed on your son, Mrs. McPhillip. Forgive me. Chippo. I forgive you. You didn't know what you were doing. You didn't know what you were doing.
Dennis Daly returns to the microphone with a word about our next offering on Monday Matinee. Thank you, Tom Gager. Next week, we turn things over to Orson Welles for the Mercury Theater production of Thornton Wilder's Our Town. It was great on Broadway, wonderful as a movie, one of the most unique stories of small-town American life ever done. Join us next week for Our Town. Our Town.